You can support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. by purchasing a cell phone case from Crossway, crossweh.com slash LPR. You'll find cell phone cases for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, and Luther's Seal with the Reformation Solas, crossweh.com slash LPR. A percentage of your purchase will support Issues Etc., Cross weh.com slash LPR. If I ever write this letter, all the pages I could write. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin on this Wednesday, February the 14th. It's time to go through listener email and the Issues Etc. comment line. We have some varied reaction to our encore presentation of previous interviews with the late Rod Rosenblatt, the question about a proper Lutheran table prayer, and a question from a listener who's getting feedback from one of their friends on the need to save Israel. Our email address, talkback at issuesetc.org, and the Issues Etc. comment line 618-223-8382. Well, let's begin with some feedback on our encore episodes that we posted with the sainted Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. Rich in Hawaii, hello Pastor Todd and Issues Etc. team. Yesterday and today I listened to the Encore podcast with the late Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. Oh my goodness, what a flood of emotions I got from hearing those early shows. 30 years ago when I was a student at Chapman University in California, I listened to Rod on the White Horse Inn every Sunday night. Having grown up in the Nazarene Church and attending the Disciples of Christ while at Chapman, God used Rod, Mike Horton, and the White Horse Inn to lead me out of a very liberal church, which I joined in reaction to the televangelist scandals of the 80s. I was fascinated that Christianity was indeed a rational thinking man's faith with a robust orthodoxy in opposition to the emotionalism and prosperity teaching I grew up in. I left the Disciples of Christ for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod in 1995, thanks to Rod and his colleagues. I was stunned to learn of his passing. It felt like I lost a beloved uncle or grandfather. It was because of faithful servants like Rod that I remained a follower of Christ when I was young, cynical, and disillusioned with the church. Thirty years later, I am forever grateful to him and his life of ministry. Well done, good and faithful servant, concludes Rich in Hawaii. Now, here's someone on the other end in regards to some feedback of our interviews with Rod Rosenblatt. Scott writes, the interview with Dr. Rod Rosenblatt sounded a lot like radical Lutheranism to me. I appreciate Dr. Rosenblatt's passion for the full and free forgiveness of Christ through grace alone, but I don't appreciate how he only wants to look at the law as a mirror and how he hand waves and ignores many, many, many scriptures that teach us to lead a godly life. Christ says, deny yourself and follow me. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Strive to enter by the narrow gate. Abide in me. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise builder. St. Paul says, put to death the sinful flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Dr. Rosenblatt came across as a defeatist who makes the Christian life sound as though we wallow in our sinfulness in an unchanged life and then expect God to forgive us. This is certainly not taught in the Lutheran Confessions. I appreciate the teachings of Pastor Whedon, Martin Chemnitz, Johann Gerhard, and Kretzmann, but Dr. Rosenblatt sounds as if he is coming from a different place than these great Lutheran teachers. Sincerely concludes Scott. So I think that kind of highlights the enigma 
that may have been Rod Rosenblatt during his long career. So Rod Rosenblatt was a professor of theology at Concordia University, Irvine, California. He was the Lutheran co-host of The White Horse and a long-running nationally syndicated radio program hosted by Mike Horton. And he was an author and a teacher and mentor to very, very many. One of them, I should say, our listeners are very familiar with, and that would be Chris Rosebro. Next time we get Chris on, we need to just ask for his reflections. Steve Parks. Steve Parks. John Bombaro. Yeah. A Corey lot of Moss. Them, Corey Moss, Adam Francisco, and a, a whole bunch of issues that set a regular guest were, I'm not going to call them disciples, but they were deeply influenced by Rod personally and theologically. So every theologian's legacy is mixed. There's an old saying that the teacher walks and the students run. So some people came through the tutelage of Rod Rosenblatt, and the names we mentioned just a moment, went on to seriously study the Lutheran faith and become outstanding, solid confessional Lutherans. And some of Rod's students didn't. Some of Rod's students kind of stopped where Rod's emphasis was. He wrote a a famous piece called The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church. And that was kind of Rod's wheelhouse, dealing with largely burnt-out evangelicals and reintroducing them to the biblical gospel. He did it in a Lutheran context, but I think it's fair to say I've had many, many conversations with Rod Rosenblatt, a lot of them from decades ago. But many conversations, I'll just be honest, he was not interested in the nitty-gritty of systematic theology. He wanted to keep his emphasis on the gospel. Now, I don't think Rod personally was a gospel reductionist if you woke him up at 3 a.m. But he saw his task in teaching, especially these burnt-out evangelicals, to imbue them with the gospel. And so the, the teacher walks and the students run, and some of the students continued to walk in the path toward confessional Lutheranism, and some of them decided to run off and take some of the few things that Rod said and try and craft kind of their own theology, idiosyncratic theology out of it. And you do end up, if you do that, you do end up as a gospel reductionist or the term was used there, a radical Lutheran. I cannot in good conscience lay that all at Rod's feet. The teacher cannot control what his students do. Every great influential theologian and teacher, especially in Lutheranism, have students that take from them what is good and then it drives them deeper into sound biblical theology. And then they have students who say, oh, I really like what he said. And they build on it and exaggerate it. And eventually it no longer even resembles what the teacher was teaching. A great example of this is is the sainted Dr. Norman Nagel. Some of his students went on to go deeper into uh, Lutheran theology. And some of them said, well, the few Nagelisms that I learned, that's just going to be my theology from now on. That's it. I'm just going to just repeat Nagelisms for the rest of my life. And it's not what Dr. Nagel would have wanted. So every teacher has that burden that their legacy is completely out of their control. So I'm not surprised by either of these reactions. I remember having a conversation with Rod where someone called in. Was it the Sunday Night National show? Yes. We, we had Rod on. Jeff remembers these things way better than I do because he pays closer attention to the show. And uh, someone called in and asked about, we were on the, some subject. Yeah, we were probably talking about God, doctrine of justification. Yeah, or, something, one of, his, one of his specialties. And someone called in and said they wanted to ask about the ordination of women. And Rod just completely took a pass. 
Not I, not that Rod favored ordination oh, no. women. He just no. said something like, I, I, there are other people better equipped to talk about it. Yeah. I'd rather talk about the gospel. Yeah, he said, I'd rather, I'd rather stay on our subject on the gospel other people who are, who are better equipped to discuss that. And he took a pass on it. Now, someone's going to say, was he equivocating? I don't think he was equivocating. I just think if you knew Rod's personality, he was one of those kind of guys that wanted to stay focused on those things. And I should say the other thing about Rod that I think greatly influenced many is his healthful emphasis on Christian apologetics. And that was a very rare thing in his generation of Lutherans to appreciate Christian apologetics for what it is. Now you say, oh, apologetics, everybody's talking about it. When Rod Rosenblatt started in his generation of Lutherans, it was... Verboten. Yes, it was practically considered... Well, it certainly made you suspect... And by apologetic, you're talking about providing responses to objections to Christianity. Exactly. And it made you suspect in that time because people said, oh, you might be trying to argue people into the faith or somehow make people make a decision for the faith. It had Arminian overtones. Oddly enough, those objections, you know where they came from? Gospel reductionists. So Rod was a real enigma. And... You must understand that he, he viewed his teaching task and his mission, so to speak, very narrowly. And unfortunately, that led some of his students to stay in that narrow band and never expand out into the full counsel of God. And I think Rod would have said he's a specialist. Don't you think? He would have said, I'm a specialist. I specialize in the gospel. But that doesn't mean that his students all should go on to be specialists, especially the pastors. You can't specialize in one subject of theology to the exclusion of others. When it came to the addressing the errors of legalism and pietism, nobody was better right. than the late Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. And he, there's some sayings attributed to him that if you understand them in their context, you say, okay, I see what he's trying to say. But if, if you try to build a theology out of it, you'll end up far from Lutheranism. And one of those was his little axiom, Christianity is not a move from vice to virtue, but from virtue to Christ. Now, if you understand the context, he's saying, he's saying that you abandon hope in virtue and hope only in Christ. But Christianity is a move from vice to virtue also. It just so happens to come after the move from virtue to Christ. Christ gives you virtue back when your hope is set solely on him. But if you see, if you try and take that little axiom and build a whole theology out of it, you're not going to end up a Lutheran. You're going to end up a Rosenbladian, which even Rod wasn't. Kim writes, I listened to you in Gresham, Oregon. Thankful for your program. My sister has left the Lutheran church for a non-denominational church. She now is sending me information about Israel and prophetic things from the internet about how we need to save Israel, the country. This morning, she sent a video from Jonathan Kahn. I can see false teaching in this video and was wondering how far off base is he? I appreciate any help to share with her. Thanks for the email. Thanks for listening in Oregon. Kim. Have we ever had a conversation with Chris Rosebro about Jonathan Gunn? I know yes, he's talked about have. him. Yes, it was something on prophecy. And so I would recommend that you go to our website, issueztc.org, and enter the name Jonathan Kahn, and you will find a conversation there with Pastor Chris Rosebro where we talk about his theology. This is very, very common in evangelicalism to equate, to kind of, eat from the Golden Corral buffet of dispensational theology 
and then confuse national Israel with Old Testament Israel or to confuse God's promise to Israel fulfilled in Christ with some sort of promise that Israel would be reconstituted as an ethnic and national entity. And just like eating at the Golden Corral, you know, if you really want to fill your plate with everything, you have to take very small portions or you have to go back a hundred times. You have to take very small portions. And that's what usually happens with evangelical theologies. They take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they get so little that they don't really, if you asked, why do we need to save national Israel? She might not be able to tell you, except that somebody said we should. So, Bear in mind that you're not dealing with a full-blown theological system here, probably. You're dealing with someone who's gotten whipped up by something they saw on the internet. And the best thing you can do is to direct them to a pastor for a session of questions and answers so that you can figure out what's really going on here. I have a suggestion. Rather than... The Jonathan Con Roseboro would be good, but I think a be- what if they're a Con fan? So you can't convince them. So they're going to be, that's just a personal attack on Jonathan. Sure. How about our interview recently with Reed Lessing on a history of the land of Israel? Yeah, that's a good one. Send her that and say, hey, tell me what you think of this. And Here's then, another perspective. And then I think, I think a, a series of older conversations we had with Dr. Kim Riddlebarger on anything that we talked to Dr. Kim Riddlebarger on uh, millennialism or amillennialism uh, would be helpful. Speaking of the White Horse Inn, there's another name from the blast from the past. When we come back, more listener email and the issues, etc. cetera, comment line. How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. Join Lutherans for Life at the For Such a Time as This Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Enjoy the testimony and talents of Dove Award winning musician and adoptee Mark Schultz. Discover expert information and exciting opportunities, and experience the fellowship and celebration. The 2024 Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston. Find out more and register at lutheransforlife.org conferences. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Saving faith is a living, creative, active, and powerful thing, Martin Luther writes. How can it not be? It is created by our loving God 
through his living words and life-giving deeds. Living Faith Lutheran Church is located at 1171 Atlanta Highway in Cumming, Georgia. Come train in God's word with us for the baptized life in our adult catechumenate. Find out more on the web at livingfaithlutheran.com. Luther had Wartburg. We have Collinsville. You're listening to Issues Etc. At the center of our campus is Kramer Chapel, and there's a reason for that. Issues Etc. guest Dr. Arthur Just. Because it is the heartbeat of Concordia Theological Seminary. It is where we go to hear the voice of Jesus and frequently be fed with the body and blood of Christ. We sometimes call it our Jerusalem. Kramer Chapel points to the classroom, which we sometimes call Athens. It is there that we do theology, biblical studies, systematic theology, practical theology, history. We love theology here, and we love the study of it, and we love coming together in worship. It's one of the things that gives us great joy. Joy in worshiping, joy in studying theology. Concordia Theological Seminary is all about the joy of being in Jesus. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, ctsfw.edu. I hold this letter here in my hand A plea, a petition, a kind of prayer I hope it does as I I have looked at the original Martin Luther wedding ring. He had them commissioned for his wedding to Katie Von Bora. I've actually gazed upon the original one. Luther had big fingers, by the way. And I've seen replicas. I actually own a replica of this wedding ring, a famous Luther wedding ring that shows the depiction of the crucifixion. Ad Crucem is offering a replica Luther wedding ring as well, and it is beautiful, well-designed, and very faithful to the original. You can see it at their website, adcrucem.com, A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com, as well as all their other jewelry, banners, certificates, everything else that they offer, adcrucem.com. We're going through Listener email and the issues, et cetera, comment line. Yeah, I, I saw where on social media, Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate president shared Ed Crusom's post, and he was very impressed with this, this these uh, rings at adcrusom.com. It's, it's difficult to describe. It's a, it's a crucifix wrapped around your finger. That's what it is. It's an actual crucifix wrapped around your finger, and then it has the various symbols of the crucifixion incorporated into it. A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. I want to go back. One of the things that I used the word, earlier I said the sainted, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt, and I said the late. I think Christians should stop talking about people in the church triumphant as the late. Don't you? So I want to take back my second reference to the late Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. I don't even know what it means, to tell you the truth. We just use it, but yes, the sainted is good. Marilyn Deborah writes, what makes a prayer Lutheran? My husband grew up Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and I grew up Roman Catholic. I agreed to let our children be raised Lutheran. The table prayer I grew up with is, Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts which we are about to receive through your bountiful goodness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This was not acceptable to him because he said it is not Lutheran. And he said we had to use the prayer he grew up with, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let thy gifts to us be blessed. What exactly is wrong with the prayer I grew up with, and why is his prayer better, concludes Deborah in Maryland. Well, it's a little bit of both. 
If you want to know what Luther's table prayer is, you need to look no further than the end of the small catechism where he gives the prayer for before a meal and after a meal. And it begins with a quotation from the psalm, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. And then it continues with, guess what? Your prayer, the prayer that you learned as a child. So that's the full version of it. That's the one that Luther said, when you sit down at the table, say something like this. So the come Lord Jesus does have German roots, but there may be Lutheran roots to it. It's hard to say, but it's more associated with the Moravians, which is another Reformation group that are kind of Lutheran in some of their teachings, but mostly not. So technically speaking, you're right. You have the proper Lutheran table prayer. Is there anything wrong with come Lord Jesus? No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's just that it doesn't have its specific, easily traceable origins to Lutheran practice, although it's not unknown among Lutherans. It's usually more commonly traced to the Moravians. So you could tell your husband without being too snarky about it that you're praying the Moravian prayer, I'm praying the Lutheran prayer. Regina in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The question is not show-related, but I was wondering if Lutheran Public Radio would ever consider selling merchandise, canvas, book bags, tumblers, caps, sweatshirts, etc., showcasing issues, etc., and the word of the Lord endures forever logos and website information. I love my complimentary I Have Issues t-shirt and tote, which unfortunately I had to retire because it wore out, but I would appreciate having the ability to purchase more merch and be a walking billboard for my favorite podcasts. I know that e-commerce is not your primary focus, but as you often state, we're living in an age of anti-truth, and so many are in need of Jesus and his true and beautiful healing words of forgiveness and redemption. Your outreach has been such a blessing in my life, and sporting merch can be seen as a non-confrontational way to open a conversation should anyone ask, what's that all about? Thank you for your consideration, and thank you for listening in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Regina. Well, we call it swag. Merch. Because... I think we're old. I think (laughs) merch. We call it swag around here, and the purpose of the I Have Issues t-shirt, we used to have a travel mug and a pen and a bumper sticker and a notepad. Boy, that's coming back. And we had those things. Those were all given, those were all premiums for donations. So we've never sold any of them. People kind of buy one of your I Have Issues t-shirts and we'll say no. But if you stop by the studio, we'll just give you one. And then also people who give a donation at a certain level, they were the premiums for the Reformation Club, the kind of first tier level premiums for the Reformation Club. And that was the purpose of having those things, not to have stuff to sell. Not that selling things is necessarily bad, It's just that our primary purpose was to offer premiums for people to join the Reformation Club. And the only way you ever got all that stuff is either to join the Reformation Club or to stop by the studio. And then we put Lynn to work and everybody gets their T-shirts and everything else. Speaking of Lynn, that is one of the barriers, online store. Poor Lynn is going to and from the post office mailing things every day of merch that we already have. So it would require some Although help. Although usually with the online stuff, it comes straight from the manufacturer. So, but we, the we would have to send the stuff to them, right? So no, they, they could, we could make it available on an online store, and it would, the delivery would be taken care of by that, by whoever we... But how do they get our merch? We, we would make it available on an online store where they could, they, they could take... It's, it's just people who produce everybody's merch, and they just put the logo, different logos on the stuff. Oh, okay. So, so they they produce it's, it's it for pretty us. turnkey operation. We could do it, 
but someone would also have to monitor that and see to it that everything's yeah, we we got a lot of irons in the fire around here. We talk about it every year. Now you do have store. you do have a, a case on your phone right now. Yeah, we do is have. It, a, is it entirely a, unique? Yes, it is entirely unique. And a percentage of your purchase, we have what the word of the Lord endures forever. Cell phone covers for issues, etc. The word of the Lord endures forever. Lutheran Public Radio, the Reformation. Solas with Luther's seal. That's crossway.com slash LPR. Cross W-E-H, not W-A-Y, cross W-E-H.com slash LPR. And you can, there's some new merch there for you. I asked, by the way, I asked Pastor Whedon to get him a word of the Lord endures forever. Not going to charge him on the house. He says, no, I've, Cindy and I have special ones that keep, uh, too much radiation for being emitted. He didn't want one. A word of the Lord. I've never heard forever. of that before. I've never. I've, I don't have one for issues, etc. But that's because I'm getting you one. You can get me one. I don't know if I'm going to put it on my phone because I I, I want my phone to be protected. Is it? Oh, it's is, hard shell. Is yeah, it it's hard, hard shell, shell only? Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Cross w e h dot com slash. I don't want to confuse my grandkids. They notice when I have a new case for my phone. Every time, and I have to ask questions for weeks. They, they interrogate me. Why did you, what, it used to be yellow? Why is it green now, Grandpa? And if I say, well, I just decided, why did you decide to change it? It, it really, shakes, really gonna, shakes up their reality. <laughs> the, the, Regina brings up a good point, though. It's a great conversation starter. Like, what, what's oh, sure. this? I have issues. What's that? Word of the Lord endures forever. What's, what's that about? It's, it's, it's a great non-threatening way to bring something up. Did we ever remember the name of the fan who came up with I Have Issues? It's just literally on the tip of my brain. And I just can't remember her name. In Wyoming. Yep. We'll come up with it. Quickly, Bobby, Texas. Is it just me or does anyone think that Dr. Arthur Just and President Matt Harrison sound almost exactly alike? Has anyone ever seen the two in the same room at the same time? Here's an idea for when you're having a slow week and need to fill some time. Do a Who Said It game show episode where you play an audio clip and the contestants have to guess if it was Dr. Just or President Harrison who said it. Thank you for all that you do, and thank you for listening in Texas, Bobby. I think there's a basic resemblance to their voices, but I've been listening to both of those guys for decades now, and I've never made that connection before. But now that I now that I have it you know, stuck in my mind, maybe they both have kind of sonorous, deep voices. We've had listeners say that they would like very much for Dr. Just to read them bedtime stories. But they also said that about Dr. Norman Nagel when he was alive and a regular guest on the program. Not just two good voices, but two good theologians in Dr. Just and President Harrison. Well, speaking of Dr. Just, he's coming up next in part two of our series on the Divine Service. Stay tuned. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., 
is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways.